Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. listeners for those viewing it i kind of wanted a more festive background behind me for this uh news and this event the the lakers got a big addition here in the uh in the buyout market um you know once they decided to stand pat they kind of sort of needed a miracle and they got one when the toronto raptors decided to uh wave spencer dinwiddie to avoid excuse me having to pay him um, a a player availability availability um, bonus that would have gotten him an extra 1.5 million. Um, so normally a player of his stature and his ability would not be available on the market, uh, but he, he was. The Lakers immediately began their pursuit, felt real optimism about um, their chances at getting him throughout this process, and eventually landed him. So uh, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about what went into getting him, um, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Last night was certainly very interesting when you when you look at, like, the, the Lakers players' quotes um, and, you know, to uh, about the idea of bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie um, and the chances at bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie. So I did speak to some people close to the Lakers last night after the game um, to just kind of see what was going on there because that was certainly kind of interesting. So I'll offer up that intel um and then we'll talk about the basketball fit i think he really helps in some ways i think there is a little bit of concern with with roster fit and some others um but (coughs) excuse me but at the end of the day the lakers got their guy and they've got a much needed injection of talent back into this roster um that as we've seen over the last week or so couple weeks is capable of some really cool stuff let's talk about it I love that noise. Uh, it is a Saturday, so I am working on a Saturday. Harrison, if you are watching, this is a momentous occasion. <laughs> I do not do this very often. Um, fortunately, little man is asleep. Jen took Avery to the store. 
So I just so happened to be here alone here at the house when this news went down. And uh, here I am getting to talk about it with you fine folks. Um, <clears throat> now, let's uh, I'll, I'll just really quickly answer this. How long till he clears waivers? I believe it's in the next couple of days. It's it's uh, soon. Um, all right. So let's start with the process, how we got here, how this went down, why the Lakers were so optimistic for as long as they were. Um, this was a very interesting kind of process uh, about it that says a whole bunch about <laughs> um, the way that we kind of uh, talk about these things. Um, uh, I'll, I'll start with, you know, the immediate response. And those of you uh, who were watching live when it went down um, saw my eyes perk up quite a bit when uh, Spencer Dinwiddie became available. Um, for a variety of reasons. The first one, obviously, is the talent. This is Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think it's it's that hyperbolic to say he's like maybe the best buyout player or player available in the buyout market in a long time, maybe ever. Um, these normally when you get a buyout player, it's a veteran with like three good games left in their legs. It's a uh, you know, it's a young player who you pick up as kind of a project, right? Killian Hayes, for example, is, is out there on the market right now. Um, it's, it's a lot of guys who like normally a team with title aspirations don't really pin their hopes on that player really affecting how that is going to go. Sometimes you get guys who surprise, right? Like Markeith Morris, the Lakers brought him in on the buyout market and he played really well in the postseason. And that was like a real surprise. It was a real shot in the arm when, when, when they were able to bring him in. But with Dinwiddie, I don't think he'll start. Um, and, and I don't think he'll even necessarily close that many games. But he is like somebody who the Lakers can legitimately say, that's a rotation player, period, when he gets here. Um, and, and in that sense, this is a pretty unique situation. Um, but anyway, let's let's go back to right when he gets uh bought out when it gets waived i was on the air you guys were watching and i and i just kind of like stopped um and uh you know because i had a I, I knew that if the lakers like if a player was bought out who was making more than the uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception um that was kind of the ideal buyout candidate for the lakers because um teams that were above the second apron would not be able to compete for him right so that limits the market and uh, that gave the Lakers a good shot here. Also, the Lakers had some extra non-NPTMLE uh, money. I, it's makes, it looks better when you write it. I'm just going to say taxpayer exception money. They had more exception money at their disposal and could have paid them more than the prorated minimum. Um, and, you know, they, they will do that. I, I would imagine he's going to get the rest of that exception money um, when he does uh, ink that contract. And... So you combine those two factors, and that's why when, when it happened on the air, I was a little kind of flustered because I knew that I had to like hop on the phone as soon as possible to see what's up. And basically right after I, I, I went on or I was on the air, I got off the phone uh, with some people and you know sent some texts out. Um, and the sense that I got immediately was that the you know and, and people within the Lakers organization told me, yeah, uh, we're going after him, and we like our chances here. 
um, for the vac- factors that we talked about. Spencer's also from L.A., grew up a Kobe fan, so you would have Kobe's agent talking to him about potentially being a Laker, uh, and and there was real optimism, and that's what I reported initially. I said, uh, you know, sources, the Lakers feel real optimism about their chances of bringing him in. Um, and then after that, you had uh, Dave McMenamin report that the Lakers were among the front runners to get the guy, and essentially, at that point, the sense around the league was that it was between the Lakers and it was between the Mavericks. Um, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, you saw Spencer at a game. He was at in New York watching the uh, the the Mavs beat the Knicks, right? Um, and so when that happened, there was a lot of, you know, going into um, yesterday's game uh, before we saw Spencer at the Lakers game. There was a lot of optimism. There was a, there, the, the sense that I got from league personnel. Again, there are two like sourcing bases here that we're talking about: Lakers people and league people. And league wide, the sense was, yeah, Dallas probably has more money to offer him. He's already played well with Luca in the past. He was just at that Knicks game there, um, and and the sense around the league was, yeah probably going to be math um was was uh you know how what i heard from the various people around the league that i spoke to um the mavericks also were optimistic in their chances at bringing him in um i'm told that they thought you know up until i would say this morning or so that they they had a really good chance of bringing him in as well so uh the the Lakers, though, um, you know, they had a game last night, played against the Pelicans, and wouldn't you know it, you had Spencer Dinwiddie sitting there with Rob Polinka, not tampering because he's a free agent. Pacers, calm down. But the uh, you had him sitting there with Rob Polinka. He got to watch the whole game with him. I think uh, a and then after the game, he went back into the locker room, um, or, or you know, into not I don't maybe the locker room eventually as well, but. Uh, he went, you know, walked in down that hallway that would lead to the locker room um, with Rob Polinka, and that is when the Lakers really felt like they were going to get him. Um, in in asking around last night, uh, and I didn't want to report it this morning. Uh, I was told that he was going to make his decision, and it is going to come down to the Lakers and the Mavericks. Um, was what I heard last night, but um, the Lakers people who you know, I spoke to ranged anywhere from, yeah, we, we like our chances here to, yeah, it's a done deal. We got them. And, um, you know, I, I just didn't feel like I had enough reporting at, at the time last night to definitely um, report that that was where things were heading. I just knew he was going to make his decision today. I didn't know it was going to happen at, at, you know, eight o'clock or whatever Pacific standard time or whatever. Um, but it, 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 the, the sense was that he was going to make a decision today and it was going to come down to the Lakers and the Mavericks. And the Lakers felt really good about their chances, especially after last night, um, specifically after D'Angelo Russell goes on there and tells Lakers fans that they're going to love the guy. So uh, that was the other reason that, that I started really making calls last night. And, um, <laughs> and because not only did, was it like D'Angelo Russell had like the funniest, I think, quote as it pertains to that uh, situation, um, but the number of Lakers who were asked specifically about him and then talked about what he, you know, some people said what he would bring 
And then some people said, like, kind of let it slip. There was like what he, you know, will or what it would look like when he was out there on the court with them. It was a lot of optimism around the Lakers and specifically with the players that the, that um, that the Lakers were going to get him. And, and I think it, it really kind of uh, was a nice, you know, kind of feelings booster, even coming off of the big win against the Pelicans. Uh, that one, you know, th- there was a lot of excitement at that idea of Dinwiddie because he's a very talented player. There's some fit concerns. We'll talk about that too. But um, essentially in that process, the Lakers, you know, were, were one of the immediate suitors, felt optimism throughout the process. It waned a little bit. I would say yesterday, I would say that the, the lowest um, level of optimism was like yesterday afternoon where I was talking to some people and the sense from, you know, the Lakers people that I was talking to was it was like it had sunk till you know, 55, 45, that they would be able to get him. Um, some people called it a toss-up. Um, but then, you know, once he was at the game and he sat there with Palinka and you saw the players' responses to it, that is when that um, optimism and that uh, sense that he would be a Laker really swung. And uh, now he is one, or now he is going to be one, according to Shams Karania of The Athletic and D'Angelo Russell of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, all right, so the um, let's go up here. <laughs> all right, I, I promise I will get to all of your questions, um, specifically about the basketball fit. I, I want to start on the positive side, right? Because lately I've been really kind of knocking the Lakers for – um, what I thought was a failure of a of a trade deadline. And I don't think this really impacts the evaluation of that deadline. Maybe this is just me being stubborn, altogether possible. I'm a very stubborn individual. But uh, I'm not willing to, like, give the Lakers credit for a player miraculously becoming available. I, I just, you know, that's that is not something that the Lakers could have planned for. Um, it helps, and... Rob Polinka absolutely deserves his credit, right? I do. You can see over here on the right side of the screen. I do give Rob Polinka, you know, a lot of credit for his ability to sell Spencer Dinwiddie on, on being a Laker and the opportunity at, at um, that he'll have in, in LA, his hometown and, and the team that Kobe played for and all of those things. So Polinka gets a lot of credit for selling Dinwiddie when, when, you know, Dinwiddie, I believe would have stood to make more money, not just in terms of you know actual salary, but also in terms of of uh, taxes in in Texas and stuff like that. Income taxes in Texas, um, not a thing. Uh, so state income taxes, that is. Um, so so yeah, like you know, Rob brought him in, sold him, and uh, you know now Dinwiddie is uh, is going to be a Laker. And actually, Dave McMenamin saying that uh, Dinwiddie will clear waivers at two p.m. today. So he will be available for the next game that the Lakers play in. Uh, the Lakers have basically the weekend off, which is great because now this gives them the opportunity to get some practice time, bring them in, um, get them used to playing with some of the guys and, and have a couple days before your next game to, uh, to, to, you know, really get them up to date as best you can. Um, really, you know, schedule quirk that really works to the Lakers benefit here. I would imagine that Dinwiddie will be at the Lakers facility today at 2 p.m. to sign and begin the process of 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 uh you know becoming a laker and 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 being a part of this team in this season 
Um, so anyway, so let's start with the positives though. Um, <laughs> let's start with the positives. I'm not positive. <laughs> um, uh, Gabe Vincent is going to come back this year. So essentially the starting point on all of this. And the reason that I am, I am pretty stoked that, that, that they got him is that there is some doubt as to whether Gabe Vincent will be able to come back this year and what type of player Gabe Vincent will be coming off of a knee surgery playing in the same season um, that he got knee surgery, right? His cardio is going to be off because he can't really uh, run while you're recovering from knee surgery. Um, he wasn't playing that great a basketball even before he got hurt. So, uh, you know, th there there is some, you know, you know, dubiousness as to what they were going to be able to get from Gabe. And this just kind of wipes that off of the board. Whatever you get from Gabe is just kind of house money at that point. Uh, Dinwiddie just kind of slides into the role that Vincent was going to play in. And, and um, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers just kind of say like, you know, Vincent is going to focus on his rehab for the rest of the year. And we'll see what we can get from him maybe way later in the season or into the postseason. But with Dinwiddie in 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 uh, on the roster here, I'm that's going to be you know the guy who is your third uh, lead guard, anchors the second units, right? Um, allows Austin to be the mortar on all of the lineups that he plays in, um, and and we'll see what Dinwiddie's fit with LeBron will be. I'm not positive how many minutes he'll actually play with LeBron. Um, I think that the, those minutes will be mostly staggered because Dinwiddie isn't the best three-point shooter and doesn't provide a ton of spacing. Um, not a particularly good uh, defensive guard either, but he is like a very talented scorer um, and a pretty good facilitator. Um, and he's 6'5", which is nice uh, for your backcourt. You have some size there with him. And, uh, you know, I actually really like the idea of Dinwiddie and Max playing together with that second unit, you can now sit Austin and D'Lo at the same time for some stretches. Um, you, you know, it's just, it, it really opens up what, what Darwin might be able to do here um, in, in terms of having enough creativity on the court at all times, whether it's individual creativity or creativity for others. Um, you know, Dinwiddie checks a, a bunch of those boxes um, for those second units. Doesn't check the wing defense box doesn't even necessarily check the two-way player box because he's certainly a lot better offensively than he is defensively. But the Lakers just needed more talent. You know, it was clear that they needed more talent. And we'll talk about LeBron here in a bit, but I also think that they needed, you know, um, they needed to feel that the front office believed in them after a, after a, a, a deadline goes by where they didn't want to expend draft capital to improve the roster. So this helps in that regard as well. Uh, in net, I think this will clearly be a net positive for the Lakers. Um, there are some concerns that we have, and I see that some people in uh, the chat also believe that there are some concerns. Uh, so we'll get to those uh, here in a second. Let's start with, um, let's start with this one here. Laker Sean, do you fear Darvin's pensions to use three guard lineups? Yes, I do. <laughs> this is, uh, this does make me a little nervous that the Lakers will be a little too small, a little too often. Um, it, it helps that Dinwiddie is six, five. He's a bigger guard, but you know, he's a bigger guard. He's a really small, small forward though. Right. 
And that's where I would be a little nervous. We're going to get three guard lineups. It's going to happen. I'm going to be annoyed when it happens. I don't think they'll be very good. Um, but it, it, you know, it, this is just, you know, par for the course with Darwin at the helm. You know that this is going to be a thing and you just kind of have to hope that he is uh, willing to move off of those lineups. And, and look, if this takes away the opportunity that Max had really carved out for himself, then, then that's where I'd be like this, you know, I, I think it would still work. I think it would still be a net positive, but uh, it cannot eat into the opportunity that Max had had earned himself over the course of the season. He was playing really good basketball before he turned his ankle. And I don't know how long uh, Max is going to be out. It, you know, the fact that he went right back to the locker room and then was immediately considered out for the next game tells me probably missing at least a week or two. Um, but, and that's just speculation on my part. I haven't, I haven't asked around quite yet. I will, but, um, again, didn't mean to work today. It's a Saturday, but, but I, uh, I, I do think that we are going to get some three guard lineups and the combination of those guards is going to be important. Who is also on the court. This is where not having Vanderbilt really hurts, right? Because if you have those three guards and like Jared Vanderbilt is at your four, and AD is at the five, then okay. Like you can kind of make that work a little bit. Um, but with Vanderbilt likely not being available for the rest of the year, that, you know, that's not great. Um, let's, uh, the other, the other thing in terms of, of questions and potential concerns here is, you know, the shooting he's, he's uh, a, a streaky shooter. He is not, I don't believe all that comfortable, like catching and shooting. He is more of a, you know, ball stopper. He likes to to dribble the ball. He likes to get the defense in front of him and be able to read the court. Um, and that isn't ideal with LeBron. In in you know when when you're out there with LeBron, um, but you know I again I I think you can kind of overcome some of those concerns by just not playing him a ton with LeBron. And and um, you know over the course of the season, you hope that those guys figure out ways to play together and make that fit a little bit more um natural but at, you know as it stands right now I, I think that's going to be the process that takes place from here through to the end of the season um john drake writing i hope being aggressive means more than dinwiddie in the playoffs give me morris over woods give me evan fournier over cam i know vando's injury hurts but evan is better than cam um yeah I, let's let's talk about that next let's let's discuss where the lakers go from here next So I also asked around and, um, you know, wondered if there were any players who feel most likely to be waived in order to create more room to bring somebody in. Now, remember, the Lakers are hard capped and they sat between four and five million bucks under the hard cap. So like at best, you're talking about one more player, I think, that you can squeeze under there. Maybe another one if their prorated minimum is really, really low. Um, Dinwiddie is also going to be getting more than the pro reader minimum. So that cuts into that as well. So you're probably again, looking at one more, if the Lakers wave somebody, I'm told that the likeliest now, again, I want to phrase this right. So that <laughs> I feel like, I feel like a journal right now. I'm going to phrase this right. In case I do get aggregated, I'm not saying that the Lakers are going to cut somebody, but I'm saying if the Lakers would cut somebody, I'm told that the likeliest candidate is maybe Cam because he doesn't have money on next year's books. Um, and 
you know, if it also kind of depends on the player that would be brought in for whoever is waived, right? Um, maybe if the Lakers are willing to eat some money going into next year, maybe you waive uh, Jackson Hayes, but Hayes has been playing pretty well lately. Um, I would like to bring in Morris. I would, I just like the idea of having somebody on the roster who may even occasionally get onto the court that teams are like concerned <laughs> about a potential cheap shot. I, I, I really think there's value in that in the play, in the post, in the, in, in the postseason, and and I think he would bring that to um to the roster in a way that nobody on the roster currently does. So potentially, I, I'm told that the Lakers have not taken that off of the board. Um, but I I do think that would be something that would you know they would do um after you know their their focus basically for the last few days has just been putting on a full full court press on uh, bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie making him feel wanted, making him feel needed. I haven't been told anything about like a role that has pr been promised or anything like that. Um, I, I, you know, that isn't to say that that didn't happen. I just haven't heard about it quite yet. Uh, and, and, but anyway, like, you know, now that they got Dinwiddie, now they'll, you know, take a look at their roster and they'll take a look at the market. They really liked the, the Markeef Morris experience. And Marcus is the better of the two players, but of the two twins, um, they, you know, the Morris family, you know, doesn't necessarily have some of the same bitterness that you have in say like the Lopez family um, regarding the Lakers. But I, yeah, of, of the players that, that, that I could see the Lakers opening up a roster spot for, I could see that potentially being uh, Marcus Morris. This is also why I was kind of surprised that the Lakers didn't do this in the trade market. Um, and allow themselves some flexibility both the, under the hard cap and on the roster without having to eat future money. But they essentially made the decision that they didn't want to make themselves worse for the sake of getting under the luxury tax. I also don't, I, I've also been told that the, the, the Lakers did not um, believe that they could get far enough under the luxury tax to also be a player in the buyout market. And they wanted to be a player in the buyout market. So that's kind of why you didn't see them get under the, the luxury tax. And um, on top of that, right, like they, uh, you know, it's already a, a roster that was, it didn't have a ton of margin for error and they didn't want to shrink that margin further for the sake of, 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 you know, flexibility either in terms of next year's finances or um, this year's buyout market. So uh, I, I do think that they are going to continue to make calls. I'm told that they are still making calls uh, and, and, and we'll see what that kind of turns into. But as of right now, uh, I, their focus right now is getting him into the facility. It is uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time right now. Uh, and, you know, at 2 p.m., they can make this official and they can um, really start practicing and, and really start now. I think they would probably give most of the guys the day off or whatever. Um, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if some of the guys said, like, yeah, I know we would normally get a day off, but we should at least get, like, a a few walkthroughs and get some film sessions in here with this guy. Uh, and, and, you know, I really get Spencer up to date and, and ready to go by the time the Lakers play again on, I believe on Monday. My last thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is where this is me whining a little bit, but I'm going to show you guys my initial, the, the tweet that, that um, went viral a little bit yesterday. And I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to read, read what I meant by it. 
So here's the tweet. Dinwiddie update. update. Uh, sources close to the Lakers say they're still in hot pursuit and feel they have a real, very real chance at getting him. He's still their top priority on the market. Most league sources I've spoken to, however, believe his he he's heading to Dallas. So again, there are two different store spaces here that I'm talking to. Um, and I didn't at any point say what was going to happen. Uh, you compare that to say like this tweet from Mavs fan for life or whatever report. Most league sources believe Spencer Dinwiddie is heading to Dallas per Anthony Irwin LA. Yeah, that technically is what I said, but it also ignores the whole first half of the tweet, which is also kind of sort of important. Uh, so yeah, I, I, at no point was I told that the Lakers were out on Spencer or that they didn't think that he was coming. Some optimism waned a little bit, but the Lakers throughout the process thought that there was a good to, if not by the time like last night's game came, came and went great chance that, uh, Spencer was going to be a Laker. Now, um, on top of that, right. You have, you know, look, it's a, it's a, Dallas fan account. It's a Dallas fan aggregator account. So they are always going to do the thing that gets the most engagement for them. So ignoring the first half of my tweet serves their purpose. But like, if you're going to put my at in there, <laughs> like, please get like the damn aggregation, right? I don't even care if you copy and paste, copy and paste my tweet and then put my ad at the, at the back of it. If you don't feel like retweeting or whatever, like, I don't care. Copy and paste, plagiarize all you want. I don't, whatever, just at least get what I'm saying. Correct. Like That's the least you can do. Your job here is really easy. I'm doing all the work, right? I'm the one making the calls and doing all that shit. All you're doing is copying and pasting at least copy and paste. Correct. <laughs> that's all I ask. Uh, but anyway, um, a little bit more about like the, the, the behind the scenes stuff here. One factor that, uh, that I think really kind of um, helps in this case is you look at, you look at the, the guard rotation there in Dallas and you have Luca and you have Kyrie and there is just not a ton of time on the ball um, because those guys are generally always going to be on the court and, and it just, it, you know, makes that fit <coughs> somewhat awkward. And the Lakers here, now you do have LeBron and he's going to want to spend a ton, ton, ton of time on the ball in big spots. And you do have D'Angelo Russell on the roster and he likes to have the ball in his hands. So there is going to be some clunkiness when Spencer is out there with either of those two players. Um, but there are opportunities where those two guys, you know, or, you know, one of those guys are off of the court or both of those guys are off of the court where Spencer can go out there, play alongside Austin, play alongside Max, and and really eat right and 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 uh you know spend ample time on the ball in isolation and and get um ad into some pick and roll situations and get jackson into some pick and roll situations and and really see what they can do and i think that um opportunity there is um is i think a a, a big factor in, in what the lakers sold him on the other aspect of 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 this um that i'm told was it was a big deal and this is where again i'm going to give palinka my flowers i've been really hard on him or whatever but rob palinka specifically sitting with him the whole game being in his ear 
making it known that the Lakers want slash need him. All of those things, when you are the team that doesn't have as much to offer as, say, Dallas does, um, those things really go a long way. And, and this is where Polinka deserves credit. This is where his ability as an, you know, his, his, his experience as an agent really helps um, in that, like you are able, you're as an agent, you're a salesperson, right? Your, 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 your job is to sell your client to, you know, employers, your job is to sell situations to your client. Um, and, and in this case, Rob, having that experience, being able to talk to, to, um, Spencer and, and, and look also like, you know, Rob's proximity to Kobe and, and being able to tell him about like, you know, you know, what it's like to be a Laker and, and what it's like to be a Laker on a good team and the opportunities to come your way by helping the Lakers win like those. Yeah. Look, I, I this is where, this is where I'm going to sound like a Lakers Homer or whatever, but you know, helping the Lakers win, you look at every player out there who have helped the Lakers win. their statures go up a lot higher than if you help any other team win. Really? Um, I would say the Knicks, but the Knicks don't do enough winning to really get considered that way. Right. And, and I, I think here with, with Spencer Rob's, um, you know, time and experience with the Lakers and time and experience as an agent and time and experience with Kobe and, and seeing what help, what helping the Lakers win has done for whether it's star players or role players alike, that has really, um, you know, that was something that, that the Lakers sold Spencer on. And I think he has a real chance here. You know, the Lakers needed a third guard and he's probably overqualified to be that third guard, but when you're overqualified to be something, and you buy into that role and you help that team win that opens up your options beyond that season. So, um, and, and I, I, I do think that there's a chance that this, you know, relationship can extend beyond this season. Well, it's tough because the Lakers won't have his bird rights and he's probably going to get paid more than the minimum next year, especially if he plays well for the Lakers, but that's the best case scenario, right? The Lakers here would basically say, Hey, play well for us. We do some winning you're going to, you know, that's the bet your best path to getting paid more than the minimum next year. And uh, I think selling him on that and him buying that message and, and him now being a Laker, I think is a real credit to Rob Polinka and the Lakers organization on, on their ability to, to do that. Like that was a thing that I think they really needed to show us was their ability to get a guy, no matter the circumstances, no matter the potential excuses, go out, do your job, bring in the talented player and they did just that. That's a big deal here um, for, for an organization that was kind of, you know, wavering there uh, a little bit. The last thing on here, right? You see it here at the, uh, where's my finger? There's my finger. LeBron's reaction. Um, we got to talk about that, man. We, we, we really do. This is a big deal that uh, LeBron was, you know, pretty frustrated I'm told that the Lakers didn't go out and get DeJounte Murray, the clutch client didn't go out and get Zach Levine before he went and got surgery to avoid going to the Detroit Pistons. Um, didn't go out and, and uh, bring in a real upgrade on the trade market and, and held on to their picks. Right. Um, and, and I, I remember like LeBron in a, in a previous uh, trade deadline that the Lakers sat out of, said like you know less need wore a shirt said fuck them picks right lebron like said that's a nice shirt i i'd like to get that shirt 
And, I, and that's how he genuinely feels. And by the way, of course, LeBron feels that way. Like his legacy is on the line with how, uh, with how all of this plays out. And I don't think he can care less about the, uh, the, you know, pick situation that the Lakers have, not just now, but certainly after he leaves. Um, and there was some annoyance there. And, uh, I do think, though, bringing in somebody as talented as Spencer Dinwiddie, who has the reputation of real talent around the league, um, that I do think, you know, will will help kind of calm the waters a little bit with LeBron. Um, that's speculation on my part. I'm going to do some asking uh, about it, and we'll see what LeBron's own reactions look like in all of this stuff. But uh, this is the type of player that LeBron likes to bring in right the 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 ball handling creator who makes life a little easier on lebron that's that's like always kind of the thing that he's looking for and spencer is very much that and and i do think that this would really help the relationship between lebron and the lakers at least right now especially if it works out but at least right now right that you know rob goes out does his job sells spencer on coming to the lakers and 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 now can kind of go to lebron and say here here let's move forward and and i think that's a big deal you know i you do not want a checked out lebron because he's going to set the tone for the rest of the team and if he's checked out chunk of the rest of the guys are going to be checked out as well and uh you know that's a really difficult way to operate right that's why the lakers have been kind of inconsistent this year is because you know lebron has been kind of checked out on darvin the rest of the guys have been kind of checked out on darvin and the highs look great, but the lows look bad. And and um, I think the hope here is that Spencer comes in and narrows that gap between the highs and the lows. Doesn't necessarily bring down the highs. I actually think he is a ceiling raiser, but I also think he can be a floor raiser as well in that he's just a talented player at a position that the Lakers had a need at um, positionally. I don't know if they necessarily addressed the needs that they had um skill wise right they do need more athleticism they do need more two-way athleticism specifically but you don't ever get to address that on the buyout market this is again this uh, spencer is going to be one of the better buyout players in terms of sheer talent one of the better buyout players ever um you know when you, you just look back through the years at the guys who get bought out they are never this talented and that's a big deal here for the lakers um Cisco writes, okay, cut Cam because uh, Vando, Cam, and Christie can serve the same functional role. Pick up Morris. He might help us beat Denver and fight Jokic. Here's what I'll say about that. Nikola Jokic essentially ended a Marcus Morris. Or was it Marcus or Markeith? Let me let me just Google. They're twins, which really doesn't help me here. Uh, Jokic pushes Mark. It was okay. It was Markeith Morris. Um, but what I'll say about that though, Marcus and Markeith are incredibly close. They're twins, right? Like, but even beyond like the normal brother situation that you get in the NBA, these guys reportedly share a bank account. They have all the same tattoos. They, there's a hilarious story that, um, Marcus and, and Markeith told on Levitard's old, uh, TV show about, uh, fighting basically the entire Kansas football team at a party together, right? They went, he said, uh, I got to find it. I'll find it for the next show. I'll tell you that, tell you what, I'll try to find the audio of it. 
but he essentially like <laughs> tells the story about like those guys in college and apparently there was a there was a, a track athlete who was there at the party that that, that one of the Marcus brother or the Mark um, the Morris brothers were a little interested in or whatever and they uh <laughs> they like you know we're doing some flirting and apparently a, a a football guy was interested in this player as well and at that party they like you know they look around and they're way outnumbered by the number of football players that were at this party and they just kind of look at each other like back to back back to back cool we're going back to back <laughs> fight these football players for the sake of this girl so a very very close pair of twins and um I will say that like a Morris brother getting an opportunity to get a little even with Nikola Jokic in that series, not necessarily the worst thing is, is what I'll, what I'll say about uh, that. But anyway, I've been talking here for, for 40 minutes, uh, a huge day here for the Lakers, big news, big get here for the Lakers, something I'm very excited about and very intrigued by um, what they're able to do to bring in and, and optimize um, a very talented player and add him to a roster that needed a little bit more NBA talent. Um, that's a big deal, man. Uh, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a, 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 a good day here for the Lakers. And, and hopefully, you know, I keep on saying they're going to turn a corner. They're just like running in circles. They turned so many corners this season that they've just like keep turn, turning the, the, the same, uh, corner or whatever. But I, I, uh, I, I do hope that this kind of, you know, gets the guys excited, gets them, you know, bought back into this season a little bit, allows them to play a little bit more consistently. And I'm really excited for Spencer too, to like, you know, I, I do think there's value in guys who really relish the opportunity to be a Laker. Right. Uh, and I think Spencer is, is going to do that. He knows the deal. He knows the expectations with fans. He knows the expectations that, that um, talented players have with this fan base and good teams have with this fan base. And hopefully he's ready to, to meet those expectations. Um, all right. That is a, a, going to do it though for this episode of the Lakers lounge, please hit that subscribe button. Do it right now on YouTube. If you're watching live, there's 500 people watching this thing right now, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on Twitter, youtube.com slash at Lakers lounge is where you can find this. And we can find me going live for situations like this. We go live after games. We have we have fun conversations with reporters and other people in the Lakers universe. Um, you can find us again, youtube.com slash at Lakers Lounge, uh, or you can find us anywhere that you get your podcasts. So uh, check that out as well. So until uh, tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll record another show tomorrow uh, to, to update the situation or whatever. Um, I am Anthony Irwin. This has been the Lakers Lounge. Have a great rest of your weekend. Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you on.